Hey, how's everyone doing today? Good, how are you? Hey, I'm good. good. How are you guys? Uh, This is going to be our second episode of our podcast, Poverty Versus the World. Um, Today, we're going to be just doing some other things. I'm pretty excited for this episode. So, my name is Zane. Uh, I'm Anthony. I'm Michaela. I'm Devin. Yeah, and like I said, our second episode. uh, In our first episode, we kind of talked about some, like, backing up our point about how people in poverty are being treated worse than normal. But today, we're going to be taking a separate approach. Uh, the research question we have is how can law enforcement in impoverished areas in Washington State reduce crime rates that lead to mass incarceration? Um, I think that today's episode is going to be really important because uh, it's important to educate yourself on kind of both sides of the issue. I mean, we already went in depth on the side that we thought was pretty cool, but now we're going to go into a another, like the other viewpoint, really. Yeah, um, I feel like every viewpoint is a new way of learning, I guess. Um, So in my article from the Daily Caller, uh, it was made in May of 2017 by an author named Lloyd Marcus. Um, He transcribed a press conference from Dr. Carson. He made this press conference because he was receiving backlash on a quote. He said, poverty is a set of mind. Um, A lot of people didn't like this quote or the saying because it was short and unexplained and he didn't go into depth about it. He just left him hanging. And then, um, but in Dr. Carson's press conference, he talked about his life struggles growing up in the Baltimore projects. Um, and then as his life went on, um, Dr. Carson soon became very grateful that he was moving out of the projects. Um, his father broke the racial boundary because he was a firefighter. Um, so he got out of the projects and he talked about how it changed his life because it gave him a head start on making a career just with a better school and a better environment. Um, he, then he continued on and flipped a switch and started talking about how his cousins died at an early age in the projects. Um, and they never got to experience the joy of growing up. Um, something he said was the government um, kept them alive just to vote for Democrat. Um, so I thought that was different. But he went on and talked about how the government enslaved these people from the projects um, to substitute for real daddies, he said. He was talking about the stereotype of black African-Americans, the stereotype that their dads leave them and their children due to wedlock and just problems in their life. And, but the real thing that I got out of this was this quote that he said, which is, I realized taking the poor out of the ghetto was not enough when their ghetto mindset was alive and well. And that kind of, it didn't upset me, but it made me want to talk more about this quote. So I'm curious to see yeah. what your guys' thoughts on the quote and or the article is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just know when I read this article, I thought it was a lot of interesting, like you said, viewpoint really, and to just like uh, mm-hmm. experience all those different things, like uh, just completely opposite of how we were thinking about the first episode. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that definitely too. I mean, where you live uh, can make such a big difference in you know just your environment 
um, you know, just in your education and your living situation, it definitely, you know, if you're living in a poor community that's in poverty, that will definitely affect, especially kids. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like his mindset, though, that poverty is a state of mind is what's kind of made, um, which is kind of like held back a lot of progress on um, just helping like the poor out of poverty or just bettering areas because people like say that, oh, you're just lazy and that's why you're not um, like that's why you're not successful. But I feel like there's a lot mm-hmm. of systemic stuff that holds people back and I think the argument that it's a state of mind um, it it just kind of it doesn't really cover that yeah um, no I agree because I, I mean I can I guess I kind of understand what he's saying there but I think that a lot of these people maybe they they don't want to be in poverty obviously their mindset's not that they are in this situation there's nothing they can do about it they're trying their hardest some people are working a lot of jobs but they just uh, can't seem to get themselves out of that hole that they're put into yeah, I totally agree. So my story. Yeah, it's definitely sad when people can't help how they live. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily their fault, but it's just kind of their reality. Yeah. Yeah. The source I found had a similar perspective to Devin's. It was from Fox News, which is like a pretty well-known uh, far-right news source. That It's mostly entertainment. And the article was written by Joshua Nelson. And it was about how um, homelessness and drug laws and, and stuff. And this is, it. it's set in California, but I feel like it, like if the same laws are passed in Washington, all this would apply. So the argument was that lessening drug laws will make more people do drugs and that it'll bring areas with uh, less harsh drug laws will attract more homeless people and drug addicts and stuff. And they will destroy the community. And one of the quotes was, it became an invitation for those who engaged in illegal drug use or minor offenses because the penalties were just not there. And as a result, you see people who now have no place to go and it's drawing in the homeless groups that are creating unsanitary conditions and threatening behavior and really intolerable conditions in cities all over America. And what I notice is they say this and they seem to support like punishment over rehabilitation but from what we've learned so far i don't think that's effective no i totally agree with that (laughs) i mean if people should be in a rehabilitation center over being incarcerated because in rehabilitation centers you can get that um you know support and you know not necessarily have an advisor but you know somebody who can help you like a counselor or something like that yeah what I noticed was that they in the article they say that you know the homeless people have nowhere to go and then they don't give any solutions it's like they're trying to kick the homeless people out but then they have to go somewhere so they're kind of just it seems like their idea is just moving them around or like not concentrating them in areas rather than actually like making sure they're taken care of and not homeless anymore Yeah, I feel like there's a a lot of laws that are just, like, against homeless people because they have nowhere else to go, but then they go to the streets and they get turned away from the streets also. Um, And I think it's just pretty flawed. And uh, being homeless is just not a good spot in America right now. Yeah, I think that 
uh, definitely a tough spot to be in because, like you said, they're trying to find a places to stay, but then they're getting punished for staying in those places. And it seems like uh, once you become homeless for whatever reason, it's really a difficult task to become well, not homeless and just get yourself a house. It's really hard to get out of that hole. Yeah. Well, and it would be so hard being always turned away, too, even if, you know, they are trying to find you know, shelters or, you know, whatever there, I mean, so many people are being, you know, turned away because they either look like they, you know, shouldn't be there. And so, you know, the people who work there turn them away because of their looks and be like, okay, well, you don't fit in here. Or they're turned away because they don't have any room for them. So it's like, they're always turning people away it seems like and then it's like they're back on the streets because of that yeah and i think that um what he says about these laws how they're they're too soft for the drug offenders i mean i guess you can see where he's coming from i guess in that fact maybe i don't know but i think that these laws are just allowing them to rather than being so far punished for every little like every little offense they're doing making it so difficult they're like trying to help these people out and getting them out of this hole so instead of like really punishing them for these little tiny offenses they're trying to look past that and help them solve the bigger problem and that will in turn solve that drug problem i think is what they're trying to take that approach instead of like trying to solve every little problem they're trying to solve the huge problem of homelessness and then maybe if they stop being homeless then they can stop doing all those other little offenses too yeah but i see the other way too like homeless being homeless it's easy to fall into drugs and just try to um escape from reality i guess um so i again i just think they're in a really tough position no yeah i like, totally like think... life's hitting mm-hmm. from all different directions i think the issue with like punishment over rehabilitation is that people will get arrested and then like these people with mental illnesses or substance abuse issues will get arrested and they get no treatment and then they're just returned like they're just kicked back out so the problem wasn't fixed mm-hmm. at all so in the end you're just like punishment doesn't really work in this situation no well i think too that a lot of people who you know do get thrown in jail um and who have drug offenses who, who, people who want to get clean a lot of them aren't given second chances it's just kind of like a one and done situation like oh you made these decisions so you know we're not going to give you a second chance because you already had one chance at life and now you're you know screwing it up so I feel like they're not given a lot of people aren't given second chances when they should be and they if they you know if people want to get clean and they want that chance they should be given it because otherwise nobody will Give them that chance, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so speaking of people, you know, like out on the streets and everything, um, the National Review published an article in December of 2019 um, titled Homeless Encampments Are a Constitutional Right. And that was um, by Rich Lowry. And this article talks about encampments in um, specifically Boise, Idaho, and how there shouldn't be any encampments and we shouldn't be um, like trying to stop the people who are trying to tear them down. You know, there are a lot of people who believe that encampments shouldn't be a thing because it affects people's 
health. It invites, you know, drug abuse is just kind of like, you know, a space where they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want. I mean, it is such, it can be such a health hazard because there are, you know, so many people living in encampments. Um, you know, it, 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 it looks dirty. Um, Orange County, California, they had cleared a huge encampment in 2018. And they had, they found more than 13,000 needles, which is a ton. Wow. Um, 5,000 pounds of waste and 400 tons of debris. So, I mean, it really is a health hazard. And I can see why, you know, people want to shut down encampments. But if they shut down encampments, then where are these people who are homeless supposed to go? Yeah. So I can I I can see it both ways. Yeah, it's just like we said earlier, it's just like a just a lose lose situation for these people because these encampments have such benefits to them because it gives them a place to stay. But then like you said, they just become so like uh like I don't know the words the just like I don't know. I think a common theme so far is that they'll say like we need to get rid of the the homeless, like we just don't want them in our community because they're damaging, but they they seem to just want to move them around and just like, but not, they don't Mm -hmm. actually ever discuss like how to make these people not homeless, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I, I, I mean, which isn't, you know, beneficial to them either. I mean, there are a lot of people who do have anxiety when it comes to like moving to new places. So with that too, I think that if there are people who have really bad anxiety, they will, you know, just turn straight to drugs because they're being moved, you know, back and forth to so many different places too. Mm-hmm. So that's not helpful. Yeah. I think another issue, like, that's, this, it's the same thing, like, the drug, people who have drug addictions, like, punishing them isn't going to get rid of their addiction. Like, it's a mental illness. It's, so you need... Yeah you need to have rehabilitation for them. And I think there's a lot, like a lot of people have the mindset that's like, Oh, it's not my tax money. You shouldn't go towards helping them. Like it's not my business. It's their fault. This happened. But like, I feel like most people in that situation mm-hmm. would like homeless alone, you know, I, a lot of them would probably turn to the exact same like coping mechanisms that they like talk bad about now. Yeah, like when you were talking about how people are like, it's not my problem. They got themselves in that situation. Um, I like I see like there's a lot of homelessness around Washington and Seattle, but like you got to think, not all of these people had drug problems to get them on the streets. Like some were veterans, and some just life hit them in different directions. So. Yeah, like you can't really just blame them for all being druggies or something. I don't know. No, yeah, it's like you can. Uh, I mean, the the thing uh, I see it happen a lot is they bring out one specific example of a person who maybe chose drugs and they had a good life and they chose drugs and they become homeless. But I feel like that's such a small sample of the homeless population. There's so many re- different reasons why people are in those situations, and to bunch them all into that one category of like they all put themselves there is just too broad of a statement i think that's a pretty common stigma Mm -hmm. since 
like when I've grown up and we've had homeless people approach us um, and like ask for money, my parents would always tell me like, no, he's just going to use it to buy drugs. And I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's definitely, that's a good point that you brought up because yeah. Yeah. Same. (laughs) But yeah. So I feel like it was, it was good for, us today to go back and look at all these different counter arguments because yeah even though maybe we don't agree with some of them i think they, they still bring up some valid points in those arguments so it's always good to just look at the other side and see what they're thinking yeah i feel like all Definitely. of our articles were somewhat connected due to washington yeah, too. too um mm-hmm. th- that just like even washington has a homeless and po- people in poverty and they just get overlooked and people think the worst of them even though when they should be thinking that they're equal to us i think yeah but totally yeah but yeah so i like to say thanks to you guys for listening to our second podcast i hope that you know yes thank you guys so much hope maybe we could you know open your eyes to another viewpoint maybe just because we don't agree with these uh things maybe you do and that's what we're talking about and we just want you guys to make sure you're educated on every other viewpoint of the issue Definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Yep. Well, yeah. And we'll uh, see you guys in our next episode of the podcast.